Well, how you doing? You doing all right? I don't know. Listen, if you can't get jacked up on Jesus after that, then you're living under a rock and you're not serving the rock. Come on, church. It's such an honor to be here with you this morning. I love your pastor. He's like my brother. And it's always good to come back to the house of Four Point. I get to come every now and then. And I got to come in the day to a newly renovated house. And I, don't, I just love what they've done in here. Because here's the thing. The more renovations that happens to the house, the more renovations happen to the house. People are ready to come in here and experience what God has for them. And the more you prepare for them, you're ready when they get here. So this morning, I'm coming to, to renovate you a little bit. Talk to you about the power that is inside of you that you don't know about. So let's pray together and we're going to get started. You ready, church? If you're not ready, I feel sorry for you because we're about to take off. Here we go. Father, I come to you right now, Lord, and I thank you for this time that we have together. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. God, hearing the stories after stories after stories, Father, I just pray that you continue to let those stories come. God, as we serve the rock, you, God. And Lord, it's such an honor to be able to, to love you back the way that you love us. So, Father, this morning as we dig into your word, God, I pray that you will speak loudly and clearly that my words will be few and your words will be great, Father. It's your, this is your time. This is your time. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, first service was good, but I've heard this is the service. Come on. So here's the deal. I won't bore you and you don't bore me. Amen. I see, I like that. Y'all are already talking. This is good. Hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's something special about you. Something very special about you. And I'm not talking about just your church. I'm talking about you as individuals. There's something very, very special about you, and you may not know it, but I'm here this morning to tell you all about it. And that has to do with the power that's inside of you. That has to do with the God-given power, the God-given ability that's inside of you that sometimes we forget about. See, God gave us something very, very special a long time ago, and I don't know about you, I think it's time that we stop wasting it. Now think about this. How many of you are gift givers? You love to give gifts. Come on. You love, raise your hand. Raise your hand high. I'm just, okay. How many of you like to get gifts, right? See, I, I don't know about you, but I like to get gifts. You know what I'm saying? I love getting things. And it's like, oh, you do love me. I have a gift from you. But I also like to give gifts. And being a father of three, I love giving gifts to my children. And my son, my youngest, is all about Paw Patrol. Come on. See, the superhero pups, you know what I'm saying? And it's so funny. I'm coming in. Eli, where you at? I'm with my pups, Daddy. And I walk down there. He's got his little toy pups, his little stuffed animal pups. He's got pups everywhere. And I'm like, man, we've created a monster. And so it's one of those things where he, he's been wanting to get all of them. So I'm not one of those guys that's going to give you all of them at one time. I'm going to spread it out. So you, there's a little bit of joy in getting the gifts, right? Kind of like God gives you what you need when you need it, not always when you want it. He kind of spreads it out, but we want God to give it to us then, but we forget that he's an on-time God, and he gives it when we need it. So I won't forget the other day I came home. I said, Eli, come here. He turns the corner, and parents, you're going to be able to relate to this very well. He goes, you got me something? <laughs> I said, I sure did. He goes, yay. Like, he gets all excited. He said, is it Paw Patrol? I'm like, bro, you're killing my surprise. Like, seriously, did you look in the bag already? So I pull it out, and I give it to him. And I, I mean, I got it hid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, he goes, rubble on the double. I'm like, what? How do you know this? And I'm like, oh, you saw the yellow because they're color coordinated. Come on. And he got all excited. He took off running. He, get, he goes down to his brother and his sister, and he's telling them all about it. Mama gets home. Hey, Mommy, Daddy got me rubble on the double. I'm like, yeah, baby, I did. Sorry. You know, I know I wasn't supposed to, but I just find joy. And I said, hey, Eli, come here. 
He said, what, Daddy? I said, bring, bring rubble with you. He said, why? I said, just bring him with me. Okay, come here. I said, let me see it real quick. He goes, no, Daddy. I'm like, son, I bought that. You better give it or I'm going to take it. He said, why, Daddy? He said, it's mine. And he goes running down the hall. That's how we treat God so much when it comes to the church. We come and we get so much of him, but we don't want to give him to nobody else. We're like, come on, God, I want all you can give me, but you know what? I'm going to keep it to myself when there's a lot of people outside these walls who are hurting and they need what we have, but we're holding on to it because you know what? It feels good when we got our hands on it. Church, this morning, I want you to understand that there's a power within you, but there's also a power that you give away. And the only way that we can understand that is this. The power of Jesus is not just what he can do for you, but it's what he already did for you on the cross. God is a guy who can do anything and everything he wants to, but let me tell you something. None of that amounts to anything if we didn't have what he did on the cross. And I love the fact that Jesus says, I can meet your needs, but I already met your greatest need when I took what you deserve on the cross from you. So this morning, as we look at this, I want us to, to know there's a couple things that we understand this power within us, because I don't know about you, but when I know that there's a power of Jesus that can do something for me, but he already did something for me, it lets me know that there's a lot of things that I can do for him. It's not always about what Jesus can do for me. It's about what I can do for him in return, too. Come on, church. So right now, he's going to tell you some things that you need to do for him this week. The question is, are you going to be willing to do it? We can always say, I can do it. But I think it's time for the church to stop saying, I can, and the church starts saying, I will. So I hope you guys are ready. So as you're looking through this, and as we, we think about this power, we've got to understand something, and I don't know about you, but this is a hard thing that I had to learn when I was growing up, but it's not your life. You ever remember that? that? It's not your life, especially, you know, living at home. I'll never forget I come home late on my curfew, and my parents will be like, I mean, you're 10 minutes late. I'm like, no, I'm not. You look at my watch, and I was that guy that set it back, you know, if I knew. Like, my battery's broke or something, you know? Like, and they were always saying, no, you're late. And my dad, being the dad that he was, I love him to death, he said, son, as long as you live under my house, you're going to live by my mm, There's like a moan on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we're feeling each other's pain this morning, right? We live under God's house all the time, but we do not live by his rules because we want to take our life for ours and not give it to him. See, when we, when we look at scripture, there's so many scriptures that can go along with this, but I'm going to give you two this morning because if you're a note taker this morning, I'm your guy today, okay? So if you like to take notes, I'm going to give you a lot this morning. If you're not, just remember it because you're going to need it because I do not want you to leave here the same as you did when you walked in the doors, amen? So get this. When you understand it's not your life, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 is one of the easiest verses to understand this, where it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Your sin was crucified a long time ago. You understand that, right? The sin that we have in our life right now, the sin that we had in the past, was crucified over 2,000 years ago because he took it to the cross. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave what? himself for me. If he gave himself for me, didn't he give himself for you too? So we got the same gift, right? Why are we not giving the same gift away? Why do we keep it to ourselves? God did not come for one person to receive the greatest gift of all. He came for everybody to receive that gift. But the fact is, there's a lot of people who got the gift already that are not giving the gift away. And we wonder what's wrong. See, when you look at this, we see that in, in this, when God comes and takes over, 
we understand that we start to lose control of our life. Now, how many of you love to be in control? Come on, raise your hand real quick. You love to be in control. See, some of y'all are lying right now, and you're not giving in. You're like, I'm in control. I will not raise my hand right now. See, that's what's wrong with you people. Like, <laughs> we love to be in control. I love to be in control. I'm not going to lie. But then I got married, and I don't have control. Amen? I think we laughed a little too loud at that. So if you're watching this, honey, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I mean, think about it. We, we love to be in control, but why is it so hard to give our life away to something that's worth it, but we'll give our life to the world and we'll go to hell in a handbasket? I don't understand that. When God has something for us far greater than we can ever imagine, but we settle for this. What has God given, what, what has God given you that you never needed? What has God done for you that you never deserved? Well, guess what? He died for you. Didn't deserve that. All of our needs are met. We don't deserve that. You know? What, what can this, let me ask you this. Let's just let's dig deep real quick. What can the world give you that God can't give you? And what can the world give you that's better than what God will give you? See the difference there? What, what can the world, can the world give you that's better than what God will give you? Nothing. But the world is here and now. Like, I could get it right now. <laughs> All the little flashy things, right? How many of you like to go uh, window shopping? See, you're lying because you go shopping. Like, it's always funny. My wife will be walking around. She's like, Let's, let me look real quick. And then she walks out with two bags. Or I walk out with two bags. I'm not going to tell you which one it really is, okay? No, we, we're good at window shopping. That's kind of how we treat the church. Church, what can you give me instead of what can I give you? Are we getting real? Look at this. Look at what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You know what I love about this verse? You don't know me before Christ, and I'm okay with that. I don't want you to know me before Christ. Some of you in this room, you do know me before Christ, and that's okay. We forgot about who that guy was because the old has gone and the new has come. I would much rather you know the one who loves Jesus, who's passionate about Jesus, than the one who actually went against Jesus. So why are we so focused on being what we're not? See, what I want you to understand this morning, the power that's within inside of you right now, the power that God has given you, has made you a secret weapon. You are God's secret weapon this morning. He wants to do something with you, for you, and through you for his glory and not your own. I'll never forget some people ask me, Pastor, why are you so jacked up and why are you so excited? And what, what makes you so, like, giddy about this whole Jesus thing? Well, guess what? I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. You're filled with yourself. Oh, that's a little, that's a little grumbling in the camp right there. Now, come on. Now, don't let me step on your toes already. I got a lot more to go. Think about it. If we understand how much of a weapon we are for God, would this world not look a little bit different? I don't know about you, but I'm tired of Satan thinking that he's winning when he's not winning. I am a secret weapon made by God. Now watch me work. The question is, who's going to work with me? When God gives us everything that we need, when God gives us the desires of our heart, well, God's never given me this. Well, guess what? Your desires and his desires have to match up because it's not your life. It's not my life either. I don't know about you, but if I, was, if I had control of my life, I'd probably screw it up a lot. You ever thought about that? I did a lot of mistakes before Christ. Why in the world would the Lord let me have control of my life now after I've given it to him? Be like, son, I saw what you did then. We ain't doing that again. I'm like, I'm good to know. Appreciate it. I won't do it again either. 
Our past is good for one thing and one thing only, to not to make the same mistakes again. But yet we're the ones that hold on to our past. We can't let go of our past. We want to, it's kind of like, you know, a pig wallowing mud. It always goes back to the nasty mud. We always want to go back to our sin when God will clean us every single time. But why should he have to keep cleaning the same thing? Why can't we just be done with that? I left my past behind a long time ago. Why can't you? Before Christ, we're a mess. After Christ, we're a miracle because the God I serve takes messes and turns them into miracles. Amen? So we got to understand it's not our life. We are God's secret weapon. And when, we're, when we understand the fact that we are God's secret weapon, we get to, we get to know and we get to, to, what's the word I'm looking for here? We get to be honored to be God's messengers. We are God's messengers. Now, this, this gets a little tricky here because I want you to understand something. God gets excited about the things in our life that are brand new. He gets excited about the newness of life. He gets excited about the joy. Listen, if you want happiness, you can have happiness. Happiness will fade. You want joy, joy will stay. Oh, I'm happy. The next day, I'm mad at the world. I, was, I thought you were happy. <laughs> Never let anything rob you of your joy, though. Happiness can be so quickly robbed just like that. One minute you're happy, then you get to get, get in your car on a Sunday morning, you're on your way to church, you start arguing with your spouse, yelling at your kids. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Woo, that's what's up. <laughs> if you start talking to me, it's going to go down. It's about to go down. See, Get this. It's, it's one of those things where we let the littlest things take our happiness away. It can take, come home from work and the trash is not taken out. And my wife is unhappy the rest of the day. Come on. If I walk in there and my son, like, he, we, we got this potty training thing going on, and I just laid down, Daddy, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, you do it yourself. Like, seriously, all of a sudden things just start starting and our happiness starts getting taken. But guess what? My joy was secure over 2,000 years ago about what God did on the cross, and nobody can rob me of my joy. Will I get angry sometimes? Never. Never. I never get angry. Frustrated? Okay. Disappointed? Yeah. Happy from time to time. But nothing ever takes my joy. And it's my job as his messenger to spread that joy. See, we need to strive to let our mistakes build our character, not destroy it. We need to strive to let our mistakes build our character, not destroy it. So what I mean by that is this. You have a past. We all have a past. That was the old. The new has come. Let your past be your past. Let your present look like Jesus because your future will be secure following that. I like that. I like knowing that I don't have to worry about my past. I like knowing that my presence, as long as I follow Jesus, my present is going to make sense. But boy, what's on the other side is glory in my future will be secure. That's what it's all about. So how, how in the world can we be God's messengers? Where is that strength going to come from? Where is, how can I? I can't even talk in front of a crowd. Well, luckily, I don't have that problem. You might have that problem, but here's the thing. What comes to it is this. We let our words take the place of God's words. When it's God's words, it's got to take the place of our words. I had somebody talk to me the other day. I was talking to them, and uh, they, were, they were talking about our church and, and what God was doing in the church. It was so funny. It was at a coffee shop where they know me by name. I may have a problem, and it's okay. Uh, it's not funny. 
Whoever laughed, it's not funny. My name is Pastor Jamie. I'm addicted to coffee. I have a problem. No, it's just, so I'm sitting there, and he starts coming to me. He's telling me, he's like, hey, I saw that Circle 5 on the back of your truck. Okay. Now, how many of you got a four-point symbol on the back of your car? I'm telling you this to beware now. People see your car, okay? They see how you act on the road, and they see how you pull into a parking lot. I understood all this right there. So I'm thinking in my head in this moment, did I fly in the parking lot? Did I cut them off? Did I, what did I do? Okay. So he starts talking, he's talking about the church and how he's, he's seeing people's lives being changed in the church and all this kind of stuff. He said, you know what? I need to come check out your church. I said, yeah, you do. Like, come on. I would, I'll, I'll meet you at the door. Well, at that time, some of my students come walking in the door. Hey, Pastor Jamie, how you doing? And he goes, uh-oh. Like, he, he, he looked at me, he said, you, you, one of those, you one of those pastors? I said, I'm guilty as charged. That's why I was trying to figure out if I cut you off, if I pulled in your parking spot or anything. I, I, do you want me to pay for your coffee real quick, you know? He said, why didn't you say anything when I was talking about your church? I said, because you said everything that needed to be said. Now I expect you to show up. See, in that moment, God said, my presence is greater than your words. Just be quiet. And I said, 10-4, you've got to let God's presence be so much powerful than your words. Because let me tell you something, there's nothing that you can say will be greater than what he can show. So how, how do you be his messenger and not talk? Well, it's perfect. Here we go. Check this out. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I love this verse. It says, but you, what? Will. Didn't say you might or you can or somewhere around. There. It says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come. <laughs> Are you sure you're ready for this right now, church? Come on. If you're not ready, you better buckle up. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I look at this verse. I'm like, there's two things that I really, really love. Number one, I'm going to get power. I'm going to receive power in the name of Jesus Christ. And on top of that, how am I going to get that power? The Holy Spirit is going to come upon me. Come on, church. That's why it's very easy not to be filled with self, but to be filled with him. That's why it's easy because he says, I got something to give you. Will you just accept it? I got something for you. Why are you fighting me on it? I got something to give to you. Why don't you want to take it? Oh, by the way, don't just take it, but give it away because he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you and you will be my witnesses. He didn't say you're going to get power and you can go take a nap. He didn't say you can go get power and sit in the same seat you sit in every single Sunday morning. <laughs> Last time I checked, we don't have names on seats for a reason because everybody's welcome here. Amen. Uh, he ain't here. I can do what I want to right now. I was looking for your pastor, but I know he ain't here. Come on. Can I, can I speak freely? I'll get fussed at later. Ask for forgiveness later, right? <laughs> He's going to hear about that. Get this. Look, look around. But it's the summer. I don't care. Jesus walked in 115-degree weather, barefooted, sweating, and he probably smelled like you can fill in the blank. She did it right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, <laughs> I'm with you. Hey, th think of it. Nothing stopped him, but we'll let summer break stop us. We'll let school being out stop us. We'll let, listen, if you're not having church in your house, how are you having church in this house? Mm, that's the student pastor coming out of me there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, think about it. 
Men, we are challenged to be the pastors of our home. That's a massive challenge. And it's scary, too, especially if you have kids. But guess what? If you can't lead your wife, how are you going to lead your kids when you get them? Now, ladies, I know some of y'all probably lead your household. Men, you better step up. Because one thing I've learned, if we're not willing to step up, somebody will step up for us. Jesus did not let anybody step up for him because he knew the task that he had ahead of him. We know the task we have. Why in the world let somebody else? Listen, God's probably put names on your heart to people that you need to reach out to, that you need to be messengers to. But you're like, you know what? Such and such can talk to them too. It don't have to be just me. Let me tell you something. God put them on your heart. It is your responsibility to be the messenger at that time, whether you like it or not. It could be a Walmart greeter. At least they're going to smile at you when you walk in the door. It's so funny, like, now when I go to Walmart, I think everybody knows who I am. I walk up in the lines, and they're like, hey, Pastor, you going to invite me to church again today? I'm saying, I'm going to invite you till you come. God didn't give up on us. Why should we give up on them? We are his messenger. And he says we will receive power. Well, then I look, I'm like, Judea, Samaria, okay, that doesn't apply to me because I don't live over there. Yes, it does. Check this out. I'm going to tell you what these mean to you. Your Judea is your immediate surroundings right now. You will be his witnesses to Judea, immediate surroundings. And what that is, that's, your, that's your, your work, your school, your neighborhood, your homes, your church. You realize there's just as many messages that are preached off of this stage by you to people who come in these doors than your pastor who stands on this stage every single week. You prepare the people's hearts before they get in these doors. Then we get to come up here and talk all day. We're good at it too, right? We talk to these walls. It don't matter to me. I'll talk to the empty chairs. <laughs> What's up? How you doing? Because eventually there's going to be somebody in that chair. And guess who's going to get that person here? You are, because you're going after you, Judea. Samaria is your region. This is your county, your state, your country. You realize God put y'all here, and then it's like, well, there's nothing around us. I'll never forget. I, walked, I came out here the first time. I was like, Mark, bruh, there's not much around here, man. <laughs> like, what? Now, there's things popping up everywhere around you. God puts you where he wanted you first, then he's bringing the people to you, and now he's saying, go get them. Whoo, I'm like, what an easy formula to follow. I will build everything up around my church. That's kind of how it says in Scripture, too. He put the church, and then he put everything around it, and guess who gets to go get the people? You are his messengers. And then to the ends of the earth. I'm pretty sure you know what that means. Do I really have to explain that one? I'll, I'll explain it to the best I can. You ready for this? We got a lot of work to do. That's what that is. We have a lot of work to do. Somebody asked me that. I said, hey, Pastor, when, Jesus is coming back next year, isn't he? No? What do you mean? Look at everything around us. I'm like, listen, he's not coming back till his people wake up and start to work. When we get to work is when he'll be like, you know what? They're doing a good job. Come on, let's make it happen. We got a lot of work to do before Jesus comes back because there are so many people who need to hear the gospel and too many people who follow Christ are mute. Jesus was the greatest talker I ever met. So it's funny, my wife looks at me, you talk too much. I'm like, Jesus did too. But nobody told him to shut up. Come on. I'm just following his lead. Like, <laughs> Get some of that. Like, you know, so if somebody listen, you say, you talk about Jesus way too much. I'll be like, yeah, he talked about you way too much too. Go read scripture because everything he did, he did it for you. 
Mm, I don't know where that come from. Matthew 28, verse 20. Here we go. This is what it says. I love this. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Well, we know in the first part it says, go make disciples of all nations, baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So why in the world did I leave that one off and throw this up here? Here's why. In Acts 1.8, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. And oh, by the way, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, Pastor, I don't know what to say when I go to talk to somebody. You don't have to talk. Let him talk through you. That's some of the best conversations you ever have. I love going up and having a conversation and walking away. What'd you say? I don't know. You really, you don't know? And it gets on like some of my friends' nerves. They're like, you really don't know? Like, how do you not know what you said? Because I wasn't talking. And they're like, yeah, right. I'm like, shut up. Like, seriously, let God speak through you. When's the last time do you think you can save somebody? You can't save nobody. But God working in you and through you can save anybody because you have a story. So when I look at this and I start to understand this power, I have to realize that I have got to embrace it. I've got to embrace it. God has given me something to embrace. I embrace him for who he is, and I embrace the power that God has put in my life. And, and how in the world do you embrace the power? This is very, very simple, church. This is, listen, I'm not saying anything over your head. I'm not throwing anything that you don't know. But Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 tells you exactly how you need to be. And this is what it says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, just forgot to throw that out there, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now get this, leave us here for a second. How in the world, how in the world can we do exactly what God told us to do? To present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship, when this is what we do when it's time to worship. Was that not boring? Then now you know how God feels. The church has had their hands in their pockets far too long. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind that the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There's one word that gets us here. Because I know life is going to get chaotic. There's going to be things you're wait. Listen, today, it could be a good day. Tomorrow could be the worst day of your life. That's just, that's, that's called life. But God gives us a word that says, you know what? This word will get you through it. It will get you to where I want you to be. And that word is willpower. Church, we have got to have the willpower that God desires for us to because, listen, we can't get through life alone. We can't get through life alone. We've got to understand that we've got to get the will back in our life because God says, you bring the will and I'll bring the power. So we can't, we can't just lose our drive and our will and our desire and our need. The summer, it's time to take a break. No, the summer's when we work the hardest. You've got so much time on your hands now. This is when we work the hardest. We have to have the willpower to fight through. Go back to the little engine that could. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Chugga, 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 chugga. Nobody said he could do it. They're back there just talking. There's, why is he still trying? 
He can't do it. He can't do it. Do you have people in your life who do that? Yeah, it's called Satan because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he cannot come steal, kill, and destroy what's not his. In church, I do not belong to him. You do not belong to him. He cannot come do anything to you. We serve a bigger God than that. He says, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. So many times we say that we can, but now it's time for that we start saying, I will. You could have the best intentions in the world. But it's when you say, I will do something. Then all of a sudden, when you say, I will, what has to happen? You got to do it. I can invite anybody to church, Pastor. You're right. Yeah, you can. But until you will, you won't. I will turn things upside down. Life is going to get chaotic. Your drive is going to be tested. Your passion for Christ is going to be tested. Your desire to follow him. Hey, getting up on a Sunday morning when you want to hit the snooze button just a little bit longer, come on, you know? But no matter what season of life you're currently in, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, no matter what season of life you're currently in right now, all you have to do is do it for the glory of God. All of it. There's people, listen, there are people who need to get to the mountain where you've been. Some of you guys, you're right here right now. You're looking, you're at the bottom, you're looking up the mountain, you say, how in the world am I supposed to get there? God says, I got the power. I've got the power to get you from point A to point B. I've got what you need, I've got what you desire. Will you please let me give it to you? But you ain't going to get it like this. Let me think about it, guys. Girls, when you found that person that you loved, you pursued the snot out of it, didn't you? That's my girl. I'm going after her, boy. And, like, you go after her. Now, girls, y'all were like, oh, he'll come to me. Like, y'all wrong for that, too, by the way. But it's like you, you, you go after what you love. You talk about what you love. I talk about the things that I love. I love my wife, in case you haven't figured that out. I love my kids. I, I love my church. I love my friends. I love my family. I love them South Carolina Gamecocks. I can say that here and get away with it. I like them Golden State Warriors, Dove Nation in the house. Come on, you know. I like, I like shoes. I love shoes. I love the socks that go with the shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, we talk about things that we love. But there's one thing in this world that I will talk about more than anything, and that's Jesus. Because the love I have for my Jesus, I really hope reflects the love that my Jesus has for me. My desire is to love him the way that he loves me. The only way I can make that happen is if I have the willpower to get through everything. Listen, I've been at the bottom of the mountain. I've been at the middle of the mountain. I've been at the top of the mountain. Boy, it feels good. You get up to the top, it's like, whoo! Everything looks so much better from the top. See, a lot of us, a lot of us want to go from here to the top of the mountain, but we don't want to go through what we got to go through to get to it. For some reason, when I get to the top, I always go back and try to find somebody to bring with me. Church, who do you need to bring with you to the top of the mountain so they can experience the fullness of Jesus Christ? Why do we have a gift, but we keep it to ourselves? So the question I ask is this, is he not good enough to give away? Is Jesus not good enough to give to somebody who needs it? Is he not the perfect gift? Because a lot of times you'll go through a store and you'll look at the aisles and you're like, oh, I could get, no, I don't want you. Oh, oh, mm-mm. When you give hand-me-downs away, you always pick the good hand-me-downs and you throw the other stuff away, but you give the best you got to somebody else. Is he not the best that we could give? So why not give it to him?
Church, this is what we're about to do. We're about to worship. And when I mean worship, we're about to worship. Okay? So if you got your notes, your Bibles and stuff like that, you, you put it put it down. You don't need it right now. It's okay. Because <laughs> if what happened last service is about to happen here, mm, I hope you're ready. Because, see, we have reasons to celebrate. We have reasons to worship. We have reasons to to have a fullness of life inside of our heart. And that reason was not given to us by the power of what he can do, but the power of what he did do. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm, this is free. I didn't tell this to the last, last service. I'll tell you guys this, though. If you were the only one, if it was just you, he still would have gave the perfect gift. Luckily, there are many of us, and he gave us that gift. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, Lord, in this moment. And number one, we say thank you. We say thank you for the gift that you've given us, God. We say thank you for, for the ability to worship, and God, the ability to just fall in love with you, God. We say thank you for, for providing us the will in our life so that we can experience your power, God. But Lord, there's so much that we need to do. And God, one of the biggest needs that we need to do is we need to worship you. So Father, in this moment, God, I pray that you, you will experience a blessing from us. God, you bless us all the time. All the time, God, even when we don't deserve it. I don't understand why you would bless us the way that you do. But God, I pray that as much as you love us, Lord, we will begin to love you that much back. God, I can only imagine what kind of love that would be. But that's what I want to strive for. And God, I pray that's what we strive for. So God, in this moment, in this time of worship, we have reasons to celebrate. We have reasons to say hallelujah. We have reasons. God, I pray that those reasons will become real in our hearts, in our lives. It's you now we pray. Church, would you stand with me for a minute? Do not hold back right now in your worship. I want you to let loose. I want you to praise him like he would praise you. None of this. None of this. Jesus not once put his hands in his pocket for you. He stretched them out wide. He stretched them out towards you. There's only a difference in our hands to his. He had nail scars. But this fingerprint, this fingerprint special. Your fingerprint special because he had the power to be with you. With you. So when you leave a fingerprint on somebody's life, like he calls us to leave, you're really leaving his fingerprint. Nobody else has got the same fingerprint as you. And the only way that can happen is the power of God coming into your life and creating you for the way that he wanted to create you. Church, if you can't celebrate and worship a God who would take that time on you, you ask how much time that took? We would never be able to match to take that same amount of time on him, but I think we should. We should strive to be just like him. By his stripes, 
We are healed by his nail-scarred hands. We are free. Church, are you ready to go into this time of worship? Because if you're not ready, you need to pray right now in your heart. Father, whatever I got to do, make me clean and make me ready for what's about to happen. Because let me tell you something. I told them they better not hold back. And I know they get crazy up here. I want crazy to another level. Amen, church? But listen, what happens here can happen there. And it's time for you to lead them instead of them lead you all the time. Get it? See, y'all ain't got it yet. Church, seriously, it's time for you to lead them. Can you lead them this morning? But better yet, can you humbly bow down before the king and let the king have what he deserves? And that is all of you, not half of you, not a fourth of you, but that is all of you. Listen, I don't know, I don't know if they heard what I said. By his stripes, we are what, Brian? What are we? And by his nail-scarred hands, we're what? So we get freedom and healing at the same time. That's not by accident. That is not by accident, church. So are you ready to accept that healing? Are you ready to accept that freedom? Because there's only one man who could do it, and his name is Jesus. And let's give him our best right now. Come on, church.